0: Spot show we are back what is up everybody excited to get this episode rolling episode 33 um, we are five rounds down in the supercross series and it's been good the uh, first triple crown has come and gone and it was really exciting racing and I think uh, nobody expected to see Tomac get two hole shots um, but you know, he is the number one winner of the Triple Crowns. He's got the most wins. So good to see him have success on the new bike. But we have a guy on tonight that's going to be talking about some gear, about his day in the life and his traveling. And you think athletes travel a lot. Wait till you hear what this guy's going to talk about. But before we get to him, I want to say a huge shout out to Spot Network TV. Uh, check out all of our episodes there. You can download all the stuff that we got cooking. They're also going to be a part of the Pulpamex Live wrap up, or not wrap up, so, but the Pulpamex Live show in Minneapolis. See Darkside's pony get cut. So check that out at Spot Network. Download the app. Also, a huge shout-out to Achirby's. Um, They also got some new stuff coming out. The metallic graphics or plastics will be coming soon. We also got Scott Goggles. They're about to drop a new goggle. It's going to be called the Heritage, I believe. Um, so that should be out now. You can get that at your local WPS dealer. So check that out. It's going to be the Prospect and the Fury and the Heritage. It's like a retro goggle. Don't forget those guys are made in the USA. So huge shout out to Scott, all the boys over there. And then uh, Works Connection, the guy that's on tonight, he works for a guy. He works with a guy that uses Works Connection products, and he's on factory Honda. So they've been using the products for a long time. Please check out Works Connection. Go call Ryan over there if you need anything. And then also... uh, we got Belray. Me and Cody just traveled together and had really good success with Belray. So please shut up, check out the Belray product. Again, another product that's made in the USA. We try to support the products that are made in the USA. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to get stuff from overseas right now. So please support those who support us and, and check all those guys out. But let's get this party started. I'm excited. Like I said, we've had this on this guest on before. He's coming back. He's been traveling like crazy. He's probably got more miles logged than, than an airplane. So he also helps out with Key for Testing. It's a, the Fox Racing Athlete Manager Kenny Day, how are you, Kenny? How are you,
1: dude? I'm good. I'm I'm very honored to come back on for the second time around, but uh, all is good, man. We just got done with press uh, for Anaheim three, and yeah, just back at the office plugging away, trying to get ready for uh, East Coast next week.
0: I'm so excited about this episode that I actually asked, "How are you?" twice, and I'm just like jibber jabbering. It's like meeting a meeting a girl for the first time. I'm just like nervous and hot and bothered excited um but like you said um uh, Anaheim 3 dude we're we're at three rounds of Anaheim it's uh Anaheim is back five rounds of supercross we're three times to Anaheim what is it now the this will be the fourth round in California and uh, it's pretty crazy to see yep. all of this stuff back uh, how how's it been for you being back in in the California life
1: you know it's like honestly it, it's kind of spoiled me to be honest like uh you know the first six rounds almost six rounds now have just blown by and I haven't had to you know drive any more than like I don't know I think the longest shifts I've been like six and a half hours so uh yeah it's been really good especially with the Anaheim's like we're our office and where I live is probably eh, eight ten miles from the stadium so man like you know couldn't be any better I can leave and come home and like actually get some dinner and and not not have to kill myself so uh yeah it's, it's been great being this close to the first few rounds and uh obviously that's all about to change though
0: yeah we're about to go east it's been wide open i mean i think the first time since i've known you you actually took a vacation i don't even know how that was like i couldn't imagine you actually like just releasing and enjoying yourself you probably were stressing why you were still on vacation i imagine
1: uh, yeah, you know me well, man. Uh, I I I can't even tell you the last time I actually took a vacation, and uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, I'm definitely I realized how bad I am at it. You know, it's like yeah. the, the only way I could the only way I could turn my brain off was like you know get a few times in me and pass out on the beach. So there
2: we go.
1: outside of that though, like yeah, my brain's always kind of thinking of uh, what's next and what's coming and how to be prepared and you know. So uh, but yeah, vacation was sweet. Uh, got to go to Maui for a couple of days and, uh, yeah, definitely a good, good disconnect. I'd say, uh, but at the same time, you know, you can't help but to kind of glance at your phone, and oh man, sure enough, every morning I wake up and the the phone look like a Christmas tree. So.
0: Yeah, just just blowing up, and I mean that's the crazy thing about our industry and and kind of what we do every not we I should say you you do every weekend. It's like people take vacations to go to Supercross, and for you, it's just it's just a work day. So it's kind of yeah. kind of funny in that way how that all all that works. But like I said, we're back to racing. You're back from your trip. You're back to A three. This track, man, I, you got to see it today. It looks like it's got a lot of corners, and uh, it's gonna be some tight, tight racing.
1: Yeah, I, that was the first thing uh, after press. I, I walked up to Joe Shabada and just said, "What do you think?" And yeah, the, the first thing he said was, "It's so tight." You know, he's like, it's, "I feel like it's the tightest track we've ridden." And uh, he said, every, "All the transitions are real tight and steep, and it, it looks like it's gonna be a technical track um, as long as well as I guess the uh, the first turn." Uh, first and second turn thing is kind of a little crazy. It looks like it's going to be probably chaos,
2: you know, but,
1: but yeah. So I think it'll be good. You know, you can definitely tell that the the dirt has definitely been like used and abused uh, between the, you know, uh, Supercross guys getting in there. And I think the, I think maybe monster trucks have been in there during the week as well uh, for like a show. Okay. So, the, yeah, the track, def, the, the dirt's definitely, like, broken down. It's a very hard base. Um, but we'll see. Um, Guess they'll probably water the heck out of it like they did last time and first back, will be muddy. It'll come around, though.
0: Yeah, I think this is the first track we've had. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this, anybody. But I think this is the first track we had where it's a, fir- a left and to a tight right flat corner, like no berm. Um, so yeah, that's going to be really I think you're right. That's going to be really, yeah, really I, uh,
1: interesting. They were – just Shimoda and his trainer were really trying to, like, strategize how that was all going to work because if you get a good start, you're going to come into that second turn. And, and if you're – obviously, you're going to want to hug your inside, right, uh, yeah. to make sure that you're safe. But if you hug the inside, you can't do the double before the whoops.
0: And if you uh, didn't get a drive okay. into
1: the – yeah, and if you don't get a drive into the whoops, then that could screw you too. So I think it's going to be a very uh, – Interesting first couple turns this weekend. So eh, whatever you know keeps it exciting. Obviously for us, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe not so much for for the guys racing. It might suck, but for us, I think it'll be good.
0: Yeah, I'm just hoping for some good clean racing. That 250 class has been a little sketchy, Um, so I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that everybody kind of gets through that clean and. From what I've heard a lot of – not a lot of riders, but I've heard a couple riders talk about how they are riding timid um, in some situations, so I'm, I'm hoping this track will allow guys to open up and kind of get away from each other and and see, you know, like Joe, I mean, it's one of the – like you said, he's already strategizing, so we saw the speed. We know the speed's there, and for you guys, you could have been I, – I would imagine you guys are pumped to have him on the box for the first time this year, uh, and I imagine for him, he's probably bum, but he wants to get a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly – I, I know, I know, Joe's frustrated just because preseason the guy was on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, very strong. Really felt like he could do something, and uh, yeah, obviously you can tell his speed's in there, but he's he's ran into some bad luck, and that's just kind of racing. But uh, to go back to what last weekend was to finally like get him on the podium, uh, I feel like that was a big relief for him, um, just to kind of knock it off. And and he knows he's there, he knows he can win. And I think in the right circumstance, if uh, he can get out front, I think he can pull it off. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully this will be be a good weekend for him and then he, he can kinda take a break and go into outdoor testing.
0: Yeah, I mean we got one more round and then these guys get a break, so it'll be good for him and like you just said, but get a little bit off get a little away from racing. We'll talk a little bit more about racing here in a little bit. But I want to kinda talk to you and about what you do for, for Fox and everything. You know, we're seeing Kenny in a new a blue blue a new blue color. I think that's new, but um <laughs> It's pretty cool looking and I I was just for you guys, how hard is it to get these guys gear for like these, these one, one, not wouldn't say one off races, but these, this gear to be kind of one off. Cause you know what I mean? It's like you guys this year came out with quite a few colors. Like Adam had that orange stuff and Kenny's had some cool colors. Like for you guys, is it a six month planning process or is it like, Hey, like this would be sick. Cause I know for us it's, we're already done with 23, like 23 is already done. We're working on 24 now. So for you guys is it pretty easy to get some gear quick and easy for these guys or is it something like you're already planning supercross colorways next year
1: so you know it's a process no no doubt about that and there's so many people involved in the process um you know like my my title at fox now is pro athlete manager so that basically i start start to finish of uh you know i'll I'll build a gear plan based on what i think will look good on the guys and then at that point we sit down with everyone in the sports marketing team and our design uh guys and and really go through and strategize you know when we're releasing gear and then it's all got to work together right so yeah um man it's a process like what's cool about it is that that everyone's involved and everyone has their input and it's really cool to like get to a point where everyone's happy with it and then get to see it you know uh throughout the throughout the season but i'd say yeah to to give you a reference on time yeah i mean you're looking at uh at least at least 4 months uh from start to when it shows up and yeah uh, i mean yeah so we're 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 5 6 rounds into supercross and uh i'd say next week i'll i'll probably start building the uh, outdoor gear plans and and go and get that going so yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh we have the capability of like you know, doing some stuff on the fly and uh, being able to do some cool stuff uh, this weekend. Yeah, Ken, Ken's going to be wearing uh, basically like a, in some sense, it's like a water-themed gear. Like, Ken loves to surf, so that's kind of like the theme behind it. And yeah. uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't really come to uh, what color we actually wanted to run, so we ended up just doing three colors, all very similar. And uh, you'll see Ken just, he's going to pick whatever he wants to wear, you know, for practice uh, heat and then main. So, um, yeah, really That's looking exciting. forward to being, yep. yeah, really looking forward to that. And, and everything ties together. We even got a helmet, uh, the air tricks, uh, did okay. for us. It's kind of like a, kind of like a marble ish and kind of looks like a little bit of water to it. Uh, everything's working together. And, uh, the boot that you actually mentioned was, uh, it's a one-off boot from actually like a few, uh, few seasons back that we had like a, an LE for Ken and, um, we have like a stock of those, kind of yeah. in the in the in the warehouse, and uh, when something correlates and it looks like it's going to work well, we'll go grab it. You know, so that's um, awesome. But yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, and then also too, not only the the time reference. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I know for for not just Fly, but just other brands across the board, we work with multiple vendors and and whatnot. But it's one of those things where shipping's a nightmare. You know, this year, not this year, uh, last year you're one of your riders. geyser was almost going to win the championship in in mxgp for you guys do you guys ever get nervous about shipping and and dealing with customs or anything like that or is it kind of like just get it over there like what's that like for you guys right now with shipping gear to europe and does that get does that get shipped to the u.s first or does it go directly from over from the factory to europe
1: yeah so everything for the for the european guys yeah it'll go from our from our factory straight to uh straight to europe but okay. um yeah so there's there's uh, essentially a guy like myself uh named ugo and he handles oh, nice. everyone for MXTPs and so yeah he'll he'll get all that stuff shipped to him but but no doubt i mean the world is definitely different than it was a few years ago shipping is an absolute nightmare uh almost everything that i've tried to ship to europe in the past few months has gotten delayed stuck in customs whatever it is um and and it's yeah it's been it's been very scary like i i actually ended up um right before christmas had to hop on a plane and go to uh dubai uh purely based off of delays from a factory and then not you know you can't take chances of oh. of something getting stuck so yeah it's been been a little little bit of like you of course you 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 can't really help it, you know it's nothing that you can control and and you're just trying to be super prepared. But ultimately, no doubt, when it comes down to it, the easiest way is just to you know pack a plane. bag and yeah. and yeah get on a plane. And, you know, you know you'll be there pretty quick. So
0: yeah, that's the, reason, the reason I asked that is because still today we have people just like you know really upset about lead times and shipping. It's like man, we're trying our best. Like you know these companies are are air freighting stuff over or, or hopping on a plane to get product. Like it's just it's so tough to get to get product. So I kind of wanted to you know. Point that out, like, hey, like it's just it's still tough. Like, we're not we're not in any kind of normalcy yet. So, please keep trusting these companies to get products. If it's us, if it's Fly, if it's Alpine Star, whoever it may be, but just give these guys some time and make sure you have it on order. Because the time of uh, kind of ordering it when you want it is uh, is tough. So, definitely get what you want on order and and when it comes, it comes. But it's uh, I would just recommend order your stuff, people. Get it on order. Um, go to your local dealer, shop local, and support local dealerships. So. But Dubai, man, I don't, I can't believe that. That had to be an experience. Uh, if I remember correctly, you guys won the championship for Dubai. I'm not sure, but I think that's your first one, if I'm not wrong. But I could be wrong. For you though, that, yeah, that whole experience had to be gnarly.
1: Yeah, that it was so crazy, man. I think, uh, I, I think I realized that I was going to have to hop on a plane when when you and I were at Minios. It definitely, uh, I was looking at just kind of like yeah. when things were going to show up, and I'm looking at when those guys are going to fly to Saudi Arabia and and they were doing their training, um, in Dubai. Uh, And so I I realized it real quick. I'm like, Oh wow, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to jump on a plane and go to Dubai. But you know, that sounds pretty good. So yeah. Um, yeah. What an experience for me. Um, yeah, basically it came down to, I thought I wasn't going to have to go. And then last second it was, Oh crap, I'm going. And, uh, I made that decision, three days before I left. And uh yeah, I, I basically it turned into a nightmare for me. I found out real quick. I booked my flight, found out that my passport uh wasn't valid long enough. Oh no. And that yeah, and they weren't gonna let me get into the country and uh I panicked at that point, you know, I had no idea how I was gonna pull it all off. And uh I just had to be there like a certain day to get stuff on a semi. Okay. At least that's what I, yeah, they're like, Hey, if you show up and you're, you get all the, the gear and stuff on the semi before Tuesday, you're good, you know? So, man, I actually had to call around and got a hold of, uh, I had a good friend that works here at Fox, uh, Jeff Saygood that knew some people and he's like, Hey, I know someone that works at a touring agency. They like really hooked me up and, okay. uh, sped up the passport process and did no joke. Like I, I sat in a line, um, you know, I flew out on on like a Monday, and and I sat in a line from like six to basically noon. Uh, got my passport, and then I just literally rushed to the airport, and I barely made the flight. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it took, took took a sixteen hour flight straight to Dubai. Uh, man, got there, just went straight into the city uh, with Daniel Sanders. He's like one of our guys that's racing the car rally, and uh, man, he showed me around just such a such a cool place and uh yeah so i think overall i was in dubai for a total of uh like 52 hours and uh 30 32 of it was you know was travel so man it it was crazy but such a cool experience such a such i was just something i never thought i would do right you know yeah. just go to go to dubai and i pretty much had to go because of delays and uh right it worked out really well i i got to uh Daniel ended up uh, offering me to go ride with him out yeah, in the Red Pants Dune. Yeah, I was so- yeah. I mean, so like, not only did I get to go, but then when I got there, you know, he's like, "Hey, mate, let's go ride." And I'm, I'm like, "All right, I'll bring gear." And so I brought gear. And uh, when I got there, I met Toby Price, which uh, you know, yep. like, yep, one of the one of the legends in the off road world. And he rides the back to the KTM. And sure enough, like, the one day, he's just like, uh, "Hey, man." why don't you take my bike and go ride? And I'm like, you mean like your factory, the car bike? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, okay, yep. <laughs> let's go. Uh, so,
0: yeah. Where do I sign?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a crazy experience. Like you know we're in Dubai, like rules are very different. And uh, from the workshop that we got on the bike to the dunes was about 25, 30 minutes. And you, you just you jump straight out onto the highway. And we're doing like eighty miles an hour down, eighty to ninety miles an hour down the highway, just passing people. <laughs> and That's incredible. Uh, such a such a crazy thing. I'm personally I've never ridden in dunes before. You know, coming from the East Coast, I've ridden in sand, yeah, um, but never never ridden actual dunes. And uh, so the first time I ever did was, yeah, in Dubai on a factory Dakar uh, bike. And uh, yeah, what an experience. You know, I think three minutes into it uh Daniel took me to like the top of like one of the biggest dunes and I like sunk the bike at the top of it and uh I had to get him to like get me out. Yeah. But uh once once I chilled out and kinda understood like how to ride it. Okay. And I, I was fo- I was following him the whole time. But yeah, man, we those things are incredible. Those bikes are like so much better. You would think that it'd be like riding a Goldwing to the desert. And uh it's not. It just feels like a regular four fifty, just faster. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were moving. There was a, there was quite a few times we were doing, I didn't realize how fast you were going because everything was measured in K's Yeah. at the time. Uh, but when I got back and then was like Googling how fast I was going, we were, yeah, we were doing like, you know, at the highest, I think we were going across the desert at like 75 miles an hour. Uh, um, wide open. Yeah. Just through like some rollers and stuff. And I would never do that. That's not my style. I hate rollers. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, just trying to keep up with him, but yeah, it was
0: sweet, man. And, yeah, uh, that's a, got, that's yeah, a incredible experience.
1: But, yeah. But then on top of that, you know, it worked out really well. And the fact that like we put in so much effort and did all these things to get the guys, everything they needed. And, uh, Sam Sunderland ended up winning the, the car rally. Like, uh, first, for sure. The first, uh, first time that Fox has ever done that okay. as well as, um, you know, we've been working on a lot of new product and we have a brand new boot coming out at the end of the year. And uh yeah, sight unseen I, I put Sam in the boot, like uh with him never never wearing it ever. Um, but I you know, we were that confident in it that we just shipped it straight to uh we put it on the semi he put it on and then won the race in it. So yeah, what a cool experience That's for right. me for yeah. uh for the for the brand to be able to like they've done that like everything i mean it's such a huge thing for our r&d department here um to put so much effort into you know products and then and see somebody just put it on and win the biggest race that there is like uh, yeah it it was awesome
0: that is cool like it's one of those things where like the experiences you just never know you know a lot of people outside looking in just see all the all that kind of things but they don't really know the back the backstory of it so it's like it's a lot of hectic hectic times and just craziness and uh to see kind of all of it pay off and and bring smiles to everybody and it go full circle is pretty sweet and definitely rewarding you know what i mean to to know that the efforts aren't going unseen for these riders and and for the safety aspect
2: yeah
1: no i agree you know like everyone at the company we all work really hard i mean it's everyone in the industry as well but and you know, I can definitely vouch for the fact that I'm not the only one in this building that's working until seven, eight o'clock at night. Everyone is. Um, so when you have things like, yeah, when the when that, uh, or when Penn showed up and won the first round, just all those really things, like it's it's hard to take it all in at the moment. Um, but when you kind of like take a step back and just look like, Oh, wow, we you know, we won that and look at what it took to get to that point, it's it's super rewarding.
0: For sure. I would, yeah. I, I, I've I, never had that feeling, but I could just see in the way you talk about it when you and I hang out. It's just, I know that it really, really is something that you, you, uh, strive for and, uh, put a lot of your pressure on yourself to make sure that it's perfect. So, but the real question is when you were in Dubai, did you find me like a nice oil princess? Like, you find anybody that's like into thick dudes? Like, that's kind of what I, I kind of need that in my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm you know kidding. what, man? I,
1: when i the when money I over there, there
0: dude is insane it's like holy shit It's so gnarly
1: it is it is it's uh it's a different world obviously uh um, yeah. when i when i got there i was i was giving daniel a bunch of crap about it you know because he's been over there training for months and and i i said something you know after the first night that we were in the hotel and the hotel we were in had like five restaurants and you know, there's there's attractive women. Like there's attractive women everywhere. And I said something to him, like, "Hey, man, you know, like, where badass dude? Like- <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you're walking around this place in a Red Bull hat. Like, these girls must be flocking to you." And he's like, "No, like, it's so opposite. Uh, Basically, like, if you're not showing up in a Lambo or something, because there is so much money and there's you know there's like princes walking around right the mall. You know, wearing like long white draped stuff with like." gold around their head and i'm just like yeah we we stuck out like a sore thumb he's like no he's like i've been here for for this long and not a single female has even looked in my direction (laughs) so he's
0: like i'm a peasant in this state or in this country
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty pretty crazy i uh it's what's funny too is like my uh my last night there i went i went to the mall and we're just kind of like walking around and when I pulled up into the parking lot uh, I did, I had some random girl walk up to me and like knock on my window and I rolled it down and she, I mean, she looked like, she looked rich to be honest with you. Like yeah. very well dressed, um attractive female. And, and she's, she started talking to me. Like I spoke, spoke like her language. And yeah. then I, I kind of shook my head and, and then I heard her say like, where are you from? And I said, you know, america and she just like she okay. kind of like nodded her head yeah, well yeah literally i i, I she kind of like nodded her head and smiled and turned and walked away and i didn't think much of it and i said something to daniel when i came back I was, you know i told him like what had happened and he was like oh mate those, he's like yeah she's a prostitute they, they hang out at the mall <laughs> i was like wow okay
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy yeah crazy yeah every, every every country has them it uh that's the mall, though. Like, who would ever thought? Like, you go down to Irvine Spectrum, you ain't gonna see no prostitutes at Irvine Spectrum.
1: No, no, you see a lot of a <laughs> lot, lot, lot of blonde women with fake lips, but no
0: prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So <laughs> Dubai's in the books. Um, you've done you've done a dis nations in Europe. You've done Dubai. You've done what else have you done? Uh, I don't. I can't remember what else. But you've been in some cool stuff. So. You have been to cool, cool stuff. Does Dubai top the top the charts?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, okay. That that trip just probably just how quick it was. Yeah. What I got to do while I was there, the the reward of it, um, like on a personal level, what it did for you know the people that I got to see while I was there, and um, for sure, I think that's probably the coolest experience I've ever had. Um, you know, going to Motorcross Nations, doing those things is really cool. Uh, um, for sure, this this job working at Fox has opened a lot of doors for me. To I mean, really express just who I am, what I'm about, and it's taken me to some super cool places to meet, you know, all my heroes, like all these things. But I will for sure say that uh, so far the Dubai trip has, has topped them all.
0: Yeah, that would uh, that would probably be on my bucket list. One of those one of these days to go there, um, just because all the stuff you see i don't know how i do in the heat but it's uh it does look like it'd be a fun trip for sure so we're we're going into the sixth round you've been doing this now i believe three years two different companies what's been the the biggest transition for you or the biggest learning curve you know the last company you worked with there was no no goggle um so now you're doing a goggle they they had a helmet the helmet was fairly new um but now being a goggle guy, a gear guy, a helmet guy, a boot guy, like you're checking all the boxes. What's, what's something for you? You're just like, man, it's it's overwhelming at times, but you're like, okay, we can do this better. Like you just said, you have a new boot coming in December. I I, play, I imagine you're, you're a huge part in that. But has anything ever been just like overwhelming or just kind of like, holy shit, type of moments for you?
1: Well, you know, man, I, I would totally say that I've learned a lot thing here at Fox just how much goes into just the getting products to where they are, you know, like I, I've worked, you know, in the industry now for like eight years and now I've been on the gear side of it for three. Um, but understanding what it takes to to get a product to where it's going to go to go to the public is man, that's, that's overwhelming. Um, thankfully Fox has been really good with me, everyone here with the R and D team. Um, all the, all the engineers, the product guys have been super, um, man, I'm just going to say helpful and respectful of like maybe my past and what I've done or my still, I have some ability to ride a dirt bike. Uh, mm-hmm. so I've been able to really focus on trying to make stuff better. Um, just for everyone, you know, it starts with Ken or Adam or the first circuit guys, whatever it is. And then it, you know, we find something good. It trickles down to what we, what we sell. And, uh, the overwhelming part is just, you know, how, how much time goes into to making a boot to what it is or making a goggle to what it is, like getting the gear to fit to where it is. You know, there's, there's so many steps, so many people to get it to that point, you know, and that's something that you don't really pay attention to until you're on this side of it. And, uh, yeah, that's been good. So, um, outside of that, at the races, for sure, goggles, um, can be a bit much at times. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, whether the weather can, can be crazy. So you, you gotta be super prepared and your product has to be really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thankfully, um, my experience has paid off over the years of, of building goggles and just understanding like how to react, um, if something goes wrong. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's, uh, it's been a big learning curve to become like a goggle guy and out being an all around guy. Um, and now being involved with some R and D stuff, uh, product development, and just kind of trying to be a voice between an athlete and your, you know, development team. Like that's been really cool for me to experience so far.
0: Yeah, I, I know you have some riders that are. I mean, we all know, right? You have Kenny and Adam. Some they're the two top guys in the sport. So to ha- work with those guys every day and to test products and and get your guys' products to that next level. What's that been like as far as like has the as the boot is something the boot give you more more interest? Does the goggle give you more interest? Or is it just the gear? Like, you know, is it all of it? You know, is there some things that you feel like you I don't I guess it's just for me, it's just there's so many products, right? And those guys are so fast. So it's like I can only imagine it's like you want to do the gear, but then you wanna do the boots, and then you wanna do the goggles. So for you, is there anything that's like we really need to do this first, or is it kinda of like you check the boxes every day when you're out at the test track?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, thankfully, like I said, I get to work with Dan. I get to work with Adam. Yeah. And thankfully, in the past three years, I've gotten to – thankfully, I'm really grateful for this, but I, when I look back on it, I've gotten to work with almost every single athlete in the industry. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe it's not to like yeah. – maybe not to like a high level, but, you know, having a relationship with them and that kind of stuff. But with that said, I will definitely say that just being able to focus all my energy into one thing for me is impossible. Like, because I feel like we can just try to better everything that we have. Okay. What we have is such a good, such a good base. Um, and there's nothing that sticks out to where we're like, Oh, this is crap. You know, like I can truly say that the product team, um, here at Fox has raised the level year after year to try to make the products better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, when you get somebody like Ken or Adam, that's extremely sensitive to like what they want, and their feel, of course, there's, there's little things, you know, that we can like pick apart.
0: Yeah, um, Of course, everybody's going to have their, their, their pros and cons.
1: Yep, for sure. And I think those guys as professional athletes, they, they want to constantly try to like make things perfect or better or whatever it is. And for me, like listening to what they have to say, and then me also being, like a person that rides pretty often, I understand where they're coming from. So like, I definitely come in with the perspective of we can always be better. Okay. And we, we're constantly trying to like fine tune things to just make them right. Um, but yeah, right out of the box, like our current boots, our gear, our goggles, like all these things are great. You know, we put them on like the amateur kids and, and anyone that gets in it and, and they love it. So, um, but obviously like you got to evolve and, with Ken being as sensitive as he is and me understanding what he's looking for, all those little things and all the effort that goes into just trying to break stuff down is, is ultimately going to like make our product like one of the best. That's, that's the goal. So I, I, it can be overwhelming for sure. But at the same time, I, I see that, you know, you, you put the effort in, you get a quick reward out of it. And I, I love it. It drives me. I constantly am like thinking and trying to figure stuff out. Like, I've come to find out in probably the past year that I definitely have a little bit of like an an engineering brain. Okay. Um, I'd say I'd say more on like the redneck side. <laughs> Some zip ties uh, and duct how, tape
0: get it by. Correct. It work.
2: <laughs>
1: correct. Yeah, like as uh, far as my uh, as far as my execution of like being an engineer it is very hillbilly the ideas but are there a-
0: you just need somebody <laughs> else to take it to the next step
1: <laughs> for sure i mean i am able to kind of like get the general idea of like a function of something or what i'm trying to do and then yeah. uh no doubt like the the first probably four months of me working here at Oxide i'd walk over to to the product development guys and i swear they got to a point where they would see me walk through the door and they'd all just like immediately go to lunch because they knew I was coming at it with something (laughs) ridiculous. Um, I love it. But, but it's been good. And I, I think for sure I've set up with a lot of crazy ideas. Um, but once I'm able to kind of sit sit these guys down and say like, you know, here's why I'm doing this. And this is what I think we can do. They've all like been super awesome to, uh, just, just help and guide, guide me in the right direction. And yeah, it's turned into Turned into a lot more than what I anticipated it to be. I, I never knew that I had this kind of like, I don't know. I, I couldn't even consider my. Yeah, I can't consider it an engineering brain. I just, yeah. I, of, of course, I can see how we can make things better, and and then I'll go back up what I'm feeling or what it is. I'll go ride and try stuff, and it's like, all right, you know, I can see a general idea of how we could do stuff, and then that's kind of the path we go.
0: Yeah, it's kind of one of those things to where uh, you get out of your comfort zone. You know, you can unleash new, uh, new objectives, and it sounds like you're kind of breaking into that now. So, um, I don't know how much you talk about it, but for you, like like you said, working with these guys and they're kind of being picky and stuff. I know with Dunlop and some other brands, they kind of work with the athletes to make products for you guys. Is it a, like a kind of a long, long process? Like you have that boot coming at the end of the year. You, you talked about has has that boot been on the athletes for a, a while? For testing, or is it kind of just one of those things where you're like, hey, this is what we want to start testing. Like, let's start testing it now and then bring it to production in December. Or like, or even gear, or gloves, or whatever. Maybe do these guys get to test it for a little bit before? Or how long would you say they get to test it before it comes to market?
1: Yeah, so basically to kind of just to, to break it down, the way it goes is like the product team's going to obviously create a product. And then yeah. we have testers. Um, Dennis Stapleton is actually one of our like main test guys. Okay. Um, and th- there's a few others and, and the way it works is like, you know, they'll, they'll start something, they'll get it to a point that they're, you know, they're happy with it, they're confident. And then at that point, once we're, we feel like we're in the right direction, then of course we're going to introduce it to, to Ken, to Adam, to everyone that's on our team, yep. uh, basically to, to really give that, like that athlete feedback. You know, of course there's two sides, right? There's, there's a side that you gotta, you gotta think about your general, Consumer that might not be as fast as these guys, and and how that's going to affect them. Right. Um, but from my side, for sure, the the new boot that's coming, yeah, it's been on Ken, it's been on Adams. Um, yeah, I mean we got it, we got to like a really good place. Like they've raced in it a few times. Ken's worn it quite a bit, and of course, like I said, we we like to kind of fine tune it, and get it to the point where we're like really, really, really confident. Yeah. And uh, so for those guys, I mean, that's what it is. Like we just constantly been trying to get it to the point where hey man like we put this thing on there's no questions like we're completely stoked on it and uh but overall i mean just just as it showed up from from the product development team like it was it was good enough to go win a dakar rally championship like it was perfect oh, yeah. um but of course like you get ken or, or adam these people that are super sensitive like they just want little things. Yeah. um
0: a little bit stiffer but, a little uh, bit softer whatever it may be Correct. In certain areas. Yeah.
1: Not, you know, these guys have previous ankle injuries and those types of things. So you're just, you're just trying to fine tune it and get it right. And, um, obviously if we find something on this side of it, that works really good, of course, it's going to go to the public. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of testing, a lot of riding. Um, there's so much that goes into it. It's awesome, actually.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of wanted to bring that up. And you know, for you guys that are listening, some of these questions—if you're a hardcore—these these might seem tedious. But for some of the people that are new to the sport, like they don't realize how long it takes for this product to come to to market. You know, for the for the fly formula, you know that helmet came out in eighteen, but we started working on the helmet and, like. 13, 14 or even sooner. So it's like some of this stuff takes a lot longer than people expect. It's not like, hey, like, we woke up one day and we want to make products and, and give it to the, the consumer. Like this stuff takes time, especially with the technology that's available nowadays. It's like, you know, there's people out there still today like, oh, I wore this gear back in 2010 and I hated it. It's like, well, you're not still running the same 2010 foot phone that you wore, you used 10 years ago. Like technology mm-hmm. evolves. There's new products. There's new new ideas, new things arising. Um, so definitely – that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you that Kenny is just because there's so much that goes into this and people don't a lot of people don't realize that aren't in the industry like you are um that it's a, it's a process and it's not just like hey like you know it's this stuff just gets made overnight you know it's it's definitely uh everybody kind of puts their thoughts and efforts in and and it takes time. So that's yes, sir. Yeah, so that's kind of why why I wanted to ask you that and and like I said we're going into you know a new year 2024 or yeah 2023 is about to drop it's crazy to say 2023 holy shit mm-hmm. um and then for you guys you guys have some new stuff like you said kenny's gonna be in a cool new helmet this year is is the v3 something for you guys that you're always looking at as a pinnacle of of protection or you would you say like there's other things that you really want to improve on as far as like you know i i know like there's other brands out there that are starting to use d3o and tech and their chest protectors and like you know the helmet game has come so far but it's like i don't know about you but i feel kind of like the protection game is a little behind and like the chest protectors and the knee braces and all that like i feel like there's there's so much technology out there do you do you kind of feel the same way that we we can almost find that next step in protection um or are you kind of still focusing on on the big the big deal like the helmets
1: so i definitely think that you know uh, but if we're going to break it down, like I'd say, you know, how much can definitely be safer. Um, I think, I think a lot of companies uh, we've figured out how to, how to absorb a big impact, you yeah. know, big crash. Um, but for, for people that have hit their head, like myself, I've hit my head a lot of times, like sometimes the small, small little tip overs or what will kind of, you know, in my day. And I, I see it throughout a lot of the athletes that are racing supercross. It's just the little things, you know, so just, of course, man, we we've got to constantly evolve. Yeah. I definitely think that the safety side of things, uh, between helmets, uh, you know, knee braces I feel like that's that's pretty of course there's something, there's always a way to like Can make prove, it a little bit yeah, better. But yeah. b- but for sure, when it comes down for me, when it comes down to knee braces, it's like you're trying to find something that is that is kinda on the smaller side, so it's slim and slender but still protective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like there's definitely companies that have figured that out. But the helmet thing, I think is going to be, I think that's going to be, it's going to be a never ending process, right? I think okay. just technology and understanding just yeah. just how, how the impact really affects you. Um, I, you know, from what I can see now that I've tapped into kind of like this side of the world of product development, you, you kind of, you kind of question things at times because sometimes it could be something simple that like, you're like, okay, if I had more padding here or if I had something that was more observant here so that I didn't, you know, maybe hit my temple or whatever it's going to be.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that would be better. So yeah, that's kind of my role now is really trying to step up that side of it. Um, and just push function. Um, that's definitely one of my biggest things. And, and, and of course to back to what you said about the D3 being like our top of the line product, I, yeah, it is. And and I totally believe in that. Um, if I had any doubts or if anyone's had any doubts, please go back to Oakland and watch Ken Rockland get his head ran over. Um, that was, that was an incredible moment for, for our, for us, I believe, as a brand to really showcase that, I mean, Ken literally, his, his head was used as a whoop by, by Chase Sexton and the helmet crushed. It did everything it was supposed to do. Um, but Ken was fine. You know, like his neck hurt. For sure, uh outside of that field, no concussion he raced that night um so such you know that's huge, so, right. yeah. but with that said, I still think that we'll constantly try to get better and and I know we will the uh, the product team here at Fox has really put a lot of effort into focusing on new stuff, and uh we have new helmets coming, and you'll start to see those um come pretty soon uh our top of the line stuff will come a little bit later, but of course, like. We're constantly trying to evolve, be safer, yep. all the way across the board.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point to touch on, just because I still hear today. You and I, you know, we go to the big, the big national amateur nationals throughout the country, and we still hear to this day, like, "Oh, I can't afford a five hundred dollar, or I can't afford," you know. And I, I, I respect that. There's parents that can't, you know. It's tough. This sport is tough, but if you can, uh, if you can just spend that little extra money, it's very beneficial. Like, you know, we never want to say it, but you know, helmet surge or head surgery is a lot cheaper or a lot more expensive than a $500 helmet. So, um, I get it. I know it's tough, but if you can spare the extra money and, and there's companies like Fox or us at fly, we're, we're trying to make the technology available and the price point helmets. So also check that out. But it, like I said, if you can't spend the extra money, please, please do your research and please invest the money. Cause like Kenny said, safety, safety, safety is, is huge on these guys heads. Cause they're going so fast. The bikes are so good. And, uh, I think you nailed it on the head, Kenny, with that one. Just saying, like, hey, you know, we're always evolving. It's a, it's a, it's always a never-ending process when it comes to helmet safety.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think another one too is like, uh, people buy, of course, you know, like the sport's expensive. Um, you can't replace your kid, you know, at the end yeah. of the day. But like helmets are, helmets are made for, you know, one big impact, and outside of that you know, you're you're taking a risk that the next impact is not gonna you know, the helmet's not gonna absorb like as good as it did the first time. And I don't I hate to say it, but unfortunately in amateur racing you see it all the time. You know, like kids will go out and crash and I've seen it, you know, at the big big nationals they'll they'll get a concussion and you know, or almost knock or maybe even knock themselves out. And then they'll they'll show up the next day wearing the same exact helmet. And and that's the scariest thing in the world for me to to right. know that hey you know, you knock yourself out in that thing it's, it. you need to, you need to just bite the bullet and think about the safety and the future of your, of your child. And Hey, instead of putting tires on the bike for the next couple of weekends, go buy another helmet. You know, I, I think that story needs to be talked about a bit more in our sport um, just because, you know, unfortunately it is super competitive and, and parents are looking at every little way to just have an advantage uh, yeah. on other people, but hey, man, at the end of the day, like, if if your kid is just keeps hitting the head constantly, like, I don't care what you do to that bike, um, if he can't see or think straight, and we're not getting anywhere, so
0: yeah, totally. yeah,
1: that's you know,
0: that's yeah, yeah, I would agree with that completely because it's it's one of those things where you can never replace, you can replace bikes, you can replace tires, you can replace that, but you cannot replace a kid. You know what I mean? So, um. Yeah definitely take take that ask you know like kenny just said he's at the races i'm at the races you know alpine star has their people like ask these people like we you, we're in the sport every day like ask them you know like we're not going to just bullshit because we want to make money um we want to make sure that safety is a, is a top priority in our sport because we want to see kids for generations do this without motorcycles and without racers we don't have jobs so we want to make sure you guys are being at the top top game of the sport and being safe so but kenny six rounds down, dude. You, you like, you just said with, with Kenny rocks and he had that mishap in the whoops. He's had some mishaps with Anderson. Um, how are we feeling? Like, you know, unfortunately Adam's out, you know, with the knee and, uh, he's holding down and you got PC holding it down. Shimoda's on the podium and, how are we feeling six rounds in? Are, are we happy where we're at? Is Kenny is Kenny feeling feeling good? You know he's he's had bad luck. The speeds there, the starts are there, but the guy can't catch a break, and I feel bad for him because you know people are so quick to judge and, and get on the keyboard and and just bash people. But if they look at the analytics, he's got the starts, he's got he's got the speed, but he's just had bad luck.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, you know it it started off really well for Ken. You know, a win was. Not expected but by any means, I think, and even in his mind, so to pull that off was was really good. Yeah. Uh, definitely a confidence booster, but but for sure, you know, six, we're almost six times in. Ken's been through a lot of stuff, um, you know, and, and on the outside of it, like he was pretty transparent with just having some, some issues with his health last year and some of that stuff carried over. He got sick uh, in December and really just didn't get any proper training. I got I don't even know how to say that, like he he I don't even know how many days he really got to put on put in on a bike and and he couldn't even really do much off bike so I think for him coming in of course, super frustrating to be where he's at, but at the end of the day, I think the team around him his family uh Griffin like all these things he 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 realizes the situation that he's in is is very good of course, on paper he wants to win he doesn't want to be this far back in points but there's so many things around him to be grateful for. He's, he's got a great team. And I, I think he's starting to kind of just pick away the positives of every weekend um, and then just build off of it. So I, uh, I think once we go East, I think we'll see a different Ken personally, you
0: know, yeah. he will go yeah, back Andy to Florida was really good to him last year.
1: He'll, yeah. He'll go back to Florida uh, next week. He'll, he'll get in his, his routine, uh, doing the things that really makes him happy, you know, going out on the boat and, and just, just putting in time at Motor Sandbox, and uh, I think it'll be good. So yeah. it'll come around. Um, I think one positive side, like, yes, Tomac is now starting to come around to be that guy again that's, like, he's dominant, which can be scary for everyone looking at it. Yeah, uh, But overall, there's so many people that have won uh, up to this point. And, yeah, Ken's pretty far back in points, but – if he if he wanted to and things work out you know this thing is it's not over anything can no. happen everyone yeah 30, yeah he's
0: only 31 points down one yep. one bad start out of eli and one bad race for Sexton. he's right back in this thing sure. um, yeah
1: so it's, it's that side of it is, that's cool this year personally like i think yeah. that's been one of my most like enjoyable enjoyable things is just to see how different the racing has been everyone's ripping uh, yeah. but not everyone's super consistent. So it's made it, you know, it's, it's made it exciting to watch. Obviously it's really cool. I think even all the guys that are, have had a few bad weekends, they, they can still kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anything can happen.
0: Um, And I know this is one of those things for you. You, you don't work with these guys anymore, but you, you hinted at it earlier, you've worked top with top guys in the sport. There's two guys that are second and third in points, Sexton and Anderson. Did it? Did you see any of that coming? Like Jason's had a couple of rough years, and Sexton's still new to the sport. Like for you, like did you did you see that? Did would you say, hey, in two thousand eight, two thousand nineteen, you're gonna see Chase Sexton second in points in the four fifty class, and you see Jason Anderson third in points. You know, Sexton. Everybody thought Sexton was Forkner's. You know, he wasn't as good as Forkner, but. I guarantee you right now. I wouldn't say I guarantee, you, but I'm, I would have to say right now, Forkner's like holy crap! Like, Sexton's kind of stepped up.
1: I, uh, I, thankfully, I got to spend some time with Chase, and I'm so cool with Chase, even though I don't work directly with him. But yeah. for sure, I completely saw that coming. Uh, I feel like if anybody didn't see it coming, they were yeah, you're you're blind. You're, you're you know, blind. you look yeah. at yeah, you you look at a kid like Chase. Just I mean, unreal talent on the bike. So natural uh just one of those dudes you could watch constantly and uh yeah i mean it was just it was just going to take maturity and him just understanding how to how to race these guys in the 450 class um i still feel like this is like a little bit out you know like from really like his prime um like he almost had another step he could take yeah completely like when he when he figures out how to just when when to be when to be you know really on and when to kind of back it down, like I still feel like he hasn't fully figured that out sometimes. uh, Emotions still get in the way at times and he can be a little light switchy. (laughs) But when he, when he figures it out, it's like, yeah, no one's touching him. Um, So if that all starts to work out, then for sure, you know, Chase is going to be one of the top guys. Um, But then to the other, to the other guy you mentioned, Anderson, of course, last year or the year before, it was like you'd watch Jason in practice and, and he would go so fast in practice. But when it came to the race time, it, it never it never ended up the way that you thought it would. And uh, preseason training this year, him being on Kawasaki, I, I'd go, go to the track with Adam and and watch Jason. And it's like, you know, I mean, I, even Adam will attest to it. You know, there's a few days we're just sitting there in between sessions watching Jason. And the guy was, just linking laps together that didn't even make sense. Yeah. And uh, so much – so many laps that he's just putting together and he's getting faster and faster and faster. And, uh, man, I I can't say that I didn't see it coming. I, you know, obviously you want to see people succeed whether they're under, you know, your year or not. Yeah. Um, J- Jason, watching him preseason, I was just, like, mind-blown by how fast that dude was going. So to see it actually – you know, start to come around, like to me, it's expected, you know, I think everyone at Kawasaki uh, obviously saw that there was something there, they took a chance mm-hmm. and uh, it obviously is a great fit for, for Jason, for Kawasaki a uh, good testament to to, to that bike, um, it fits him really well, so yeah, I mean, kudos to him, kudos to Chase, Yeah, of course, I, you know I thankfully have been around long enough to really see these guys and see them at their highs and their lows and see how quick they can recover from it. Um, And thankfully, you know, Chase has always been one of those dudes that like, yeah, he might do some stupid crap, but he comes back real quick. Um, So yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more, obviously. Um, Yeah. He's a future. I mean, he's
0: young. He's 23, 24 years old. I mean, he's, he's still young. Um, Yeah. So, but like you said on J- on Jason, Cali took a chance for him. He's going from a steel frame to aluminum frame, and like I mentioned in the beginning of the show when I introduced you, you've done some stuff with Kiefer. Do you notice a big difference in the steel frame to aluminum frame? Is it something that you can kind of catch on pretty quick? Is that is that a bu- a big thing to adapt to, or is it um kind of like these guys? These bikes are so good; it's it's kind of like just get it set up for you and ride it.
1: No, it's in my personal opinion, it's a big difference. Okay. Um, I, I haven't got to ride the new uh, KTM yet. Outside of that, though, yeah, I've spent a lot of time on on Huskies KTM's. Um, now I've been riding a Cowie a lot, um, and I've ridden some Yamahas. And yeah, definitely a big a big difference characteristic uh, between the two frames. You know, like you could you could definitely, you know, for me, if you look at last year and the years before, the KTM always shined on a very hardback track. So any West coast round where it was baked out, you'd always see like Coop and Marv be at the top of the board or like the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would see a guy like like Kenny or Chase that when it got really hard and slick, they would, they would kind of struggle a little, you know? Um, that, in my opinion, the KTM and the, and the Husky or the Gas Gas, that bike was really good in those conditions. And then when we got into a rutted track, then you'll really start to see the aluminum frame bikes shine. You know, a Honda or a Kawasaki. So, um, you know, with yeah. that said, yeah, I mean, it it fits everyone differently. Um, some people love love the like the KTM chassis, and some people don't. But I think for for Jason, to me, the my experience of riding the Kawasaki recently is just it's a big bike. You know, it's made for someone that's tall. And Jason has a lot of body English when he rides and that bike really suits him straight up. Whereas the Husqvarna for him was uh, definitely like a smaller chassis. Um, you know, I, I think yeah. there are some things he probably really liked about it. But from what I can see, when he jumped on the Cali, it was, it was kind of just game on like day one.
0: That's cool. You know, it's pretty crazy that I just that. That I just noticed right now we are six different manufacturers in the top six. Like that's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Like that is cool. Yeah. Like I mean, that's I don't think that's ever happened before where it's six different manufacturers in the top six. So Tomac, Sexton, Anderson, Stewart, Marshall Webb, all different manufacturers. That's pretty that just goes to show yeah. that the bikes are that we've come a long way as a sport and these bikes are getting granted, I know people are gonna say, Well, Husky, Gas Gas, KTM, blah, blah, blah. They're all the same. But still, as far as the sport goes, it's cool to see six different manufacturers compared to what it was, you know 10 years ago where you had Honda, Honda, Yamaha, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Kawasaki. Now you have six different manufacturers. Like that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Now, and I think another thing too, that really like has been beneficial for me and my position is that I've gotten to see what every single, uh, maybe not a Suzuki team, but outside of that, I've been around every like factory, factory team, team. Yeah. Since, yeah. Been under the tent, been out there during the week. just kind of just see what they're doing and see how different everyone is. And, um, you know, it's so incredible to see how much time, money, for sure, effort is spent into just trying to make those dudes comfortable every week, um, and and knowing how to react to every single track and different you know conditions that they're going to handle. So, yeah, I I think a lot of people have like a maybe a, a thought that like the KTM and the Gas Gas, the Huskies, uh, like that program. I think a lot of people have the assumption that like, it's the best based on what they have and their facilities and all those things. But then, you know, you look at, look at Cali right now. Um, mm. Of course there's a lot of money and time and effort, but when I show up to the track, it's that, that same group of people um, that are just, everyone's kind of like vibing and it's a cool little uh, environment, like kind of like a family in a yeah. sense. That's 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 what I get out of it. I think that's why, you start to see guys like Jason Anderson really shine under those conditions, just just based on just the
2: fun you know, factor.
1: Yeah, how, yeah, fun factor. How different it is from uh, from a place like Honda or or KTM for sure. You know, KTM is definitely very professional with what they do, and and obviously that has worked out really well. They've won many a championships, but mm-hmm. every single person's different. So, yeah, you you see what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool to to think about. We talked about experiences that you got to do the earlier in the show, but there's one experience that we haven't talked about yet, and I think it's probably mm-hmm. one of the one of the things I would say that would be the coolest to do, just because of how iconic this person is. But you had a chance to go to the Stewart compound, and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine what that was like. I just that whole facility, seeing sex and work with jay Ch- or seeing sex and work with James. And to see Adam and Chase work together, like, just real quick, I don't want to talk too much about it, but, like, what was that like? Was that, like, just kind of Um, eye-opening, like, to see one of the best riders in the sport kind of just giving Chase knowledge?
1: Yeah, you know, I I will say, like, that's something I'll never forget. The first day I got to go there, I was working with Chase, and uh, I knew I was going to the track, so I was already, like, just so excited (laughs) to see. Yeah, just to to see that place uh real life and uh and yeah sure enough I when I showed up Chase was already out like kind of doing a warm up and I I walked out and like walked up to uh Chase's dad and, and uh we were just kind of talking and I really wasn't paying attention and I turned around and sure enough James was there I didn't even know that he was going to be there and uh I I've, I've never met um James but 100% could say that like he's one of my all-time you know all-time heroes, him and Carmichael. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he walked straight up to me and said what's up and dap me up, and I, like, I, I lost it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> That's awesome. I just could, could not believe it. Um, it was so hard to just kind of stand there next to him. And what's crazy, man, I was just, I think I was more blown away at the fact just how normal he was outside of, you know, what people saw or read or whatever it was uh, right. when it really came down to it he was such a cool dude and I got to spend, you know, a couple other days with him, and just staying on the side of track and like talk about what Chase was doing or, you know, talk about females, whatever it was, you know, we had a lot of cool conversation. And um, so, yeah, I, I agree in the sense that that's definitely another experience that um, has been super cool. I'm grateful to say there's been so many of those experiences since I've, you know, transition from race team to to the kind of like a gear guy it's definitely set me yeah. in some really cool environments
0: did you ever think the motorcycle industry would send you around the world and, and have these experiences
2: no
1: honestly I, I i clearly remember as a kid being in, like i, mean, I don't even know what, at what point what grade you're in where they're like oh what do you want to be for the rest of your life you know whatever that's going to be and at that point i was racing but i, I knew that, that probably wouldn't be like my my future and i clearly remember you know, being younger and thinking to myself like, Oh, well, if I could just be in the industry and make like 50 grand, (laughs) I'd be, I'd be set. And, (laughs) uh, what's, yeah. You know, what's funny is like when I, when I started at Alpine Czar, it's like I started right around that number. And I remember like, damn, this is like what I wanted as a kid. And, uh, and thankfully, you know, being on this side of the industry, people don't think it pays well, but it actually does pay pretty good. So, yeah. you know, we're definitely we're definitely above what we started, and it's crazy that, yeah, I mean, the fact that I was able to do all these things, jump on a plane to Dubai, like I've been everywhere uh, to an extent, you know, just simply because of a dirt bike, and who would have ever thought that, you know, it would have worked out like that? I, yeah, it's crazy. I yeah. I have a hard time sometimes. Um, trying to slow down and really look at it from that angle. Um, but I always try to make it a point like every Sunday to do do some like reflection and scroll through my camera, um, look at memories, look at things that I've done and it'll bring you back to, you know, just being grateful every day. So for sure. yeah, definitely super cool.
0: Yeah. And for people that don't know, like Kenny's modest and he'll never talk about it, but I'm going to brag because he's my friend. He has won the 30 plus championship at Loretta's. I'm just saying. So the guy's got speed. <laughs> He does got some speed, um, but Kenny, uh, I don't know if you've ever met JD Beach or not. But we do have a segment called Beach Say What. I can't remember if this was a, if this started when I think it was available. I think we did it when you first came on the show, but I can't remember. But JD's been helping us out with this. He's also got a his own segment where he's writing a column now. Um, okay, so definitely check those out, guys. If you haven't checked it out, um, please go follow JD at jdbeach.com or JD Beach ninety five. He's uh he's in Florida right now testing warming up for the American Flat Track Series, which if you guys have never been to a flat track event, it's pretty gnarly. Um, one of the videos went viral last year, I think, from Charlotte where the guy flew a hundred feet in the air. Um, that was one yeah. of the scariest things I've ever seen. Um, but again, a testament to what all these brands are doing is they're coming out with safety equipment that are, do you know, doing amazing jobs for these athletes. So please go support the companies that support the sport and. uh but for, for JD, he's got a couple of questions for you, and he uh, he wants to see what your thoughts are. So his first one is, Please. how is the stress level different on race day from being a mechanic to a gear guy now? So for people that don't know, know, Kenny was Tony Archer's mechanic when Tony won the Lights Championship at uh, E-Trade or at Traders. Not e I always say E-Traders. At Traders. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kenny does have a mechanic background as well. Um but that's kind of what JD was wondering. He's like, uh, "What's the what's your hectic life like between, or I should say, sorry, different? What is it? How's the stress level different from race day being mechanic to race day being gear guy?"
1: Uh so very different. Um, very very different. I
0: being a mechanic
1: was, I think that that aged me quick. You know,
0: uh, <laughs> I bet skip more just, folk just yelling at you.
1: Yeah, there's so <laughs> many things that like, obviously there's so many things that can go wrong. You know that are kind of out of your control i I mean a lot of it is in your control but there's there's always that that one thing that could go wrong uh yeah race day as mechanic was was brutal um it was like super taxing on the body uh mental you name it and then now being a gear guy um yeah i mean you pretty much just kind of do all the work during the week and then outside of goggles goggles would probably be my most stressful thing on race day um but I'm I'm still definitely stressed out, you know, cuz obviously there's things that, you know, could could go wrong and you just prepare yourself um to where if something goes wrong, you're you're, you're you got a backup or two backups or whatever it is. Um, yeah. a lot of pre-checking, just checking over gear, boots, buckles, you know, all those things. Um but overall a lot less stressful on race day and I <laughs> I'm I'm kind of ridiculous like I actually don't even go in and watch the races, okay. At all, Uh, I stay out next to the semis, watch it on the TV, and I'm just back there just in case you know something goes wrong. Yeah, I'm there, um, you know. And if I want to watch the race, I can watch it during the week.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember one year I did that with (coughs) I did that with Knowles at Loretta's. Like Knowles and I watched Loretta's while at Loretta's under the semi under the. PC rig, and I'm like, the rest is right there to our right. He's like, yeah, but I like it over here. It's 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 calm. Yep. It's calmer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, yep. well, I'll, I'll enjoy this. And it was actually kind of nice. Um, yep. He wants to know so what's his next one here. Uh, and then for people who don't know, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, we've had had some mechanics on. Cam Camera Cam Camaro was just on. Uh, Tommy Harris was just on Both those guys work for Factory Honda So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes Please check them out um, And we're also talking with uh, With Ollie Stone right now Justin Barson's mechanic Hopefully getting him on soon So got some cool guests lined up Also uh, Brent Duff from Factory or from Star He's Christian Craig's mechanic So excited to hopefully get those guys on trying to give you guys a little different aspect of the industry you know a lot of these podcasts will talk to the riders after the events we want to talk to kind of guys like kenny and and mechanics who are just as stressed and gnarly as the riders are there's a lot that like kenny just said there's a lot that goes into it and when you see a rider or something um go down or whatever it may be it's hectic um so a really exciting things to come so please keep checking it out but kenny his next one for you it would be have you ever gotten called into a photo shoot if a rider's a no show? So maybe throw a couple whips, maybe do a little couple like hands goggle, you know. You ever had to fill in?
1: I have, actually. <laughs> yes, um, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> I
1: have. Um it was years ago, but uh okay. when I had the trade when I had the trade team, um, yeah, Nick Nick Gaines. I was his mechanic at the time too, but uh I was also a team manager, so I was kinda of doing everything. But yeah, we were at uh We were in Georgia for our photo shoot, and and Nick got hurt before. And yeah, I pretty much had no choice. So I geared up, and we didn't do anything crazy. You know, like, no, we weren't like skimming whoops or anything like that. We were just hitting like a little turn down, uh, jump, jump. And uh, you can ask like Justin Starling, he was there. He was on the team at the time. I I pretty much put them all to shame. I'll I'll be proud of that moment (laughs) for a long time. I love that.
0: Heck yeah. You're You're like, all right, guys, somebody else, mechanic, I'm lining up next weekend. I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He. The next question for you would be: What is the longest trip you have made in a sprinter? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of long ones. <laughs> there's there's a lot of
1: those. Um, I I'd still say some of the gnarliest ones, like to date, that are just so grueling are always Washu Gul Okay. That is that that one sucks. Um, because. Typically, it works out to where you got to do it straight through. Like, you got no choice because yeah. um, you, you got to make it. So, that, those have probably been one of the gnarliest ones. But, I mean, as far as – yeah, I mean, I've driven across this country side to side of the – man, over the past eight years, I've probably done it at least 20 times or so. You know, like, okay. it's uh, every year I'm doing it quite a few times. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's never-ending. I, I still enjoy – the open road i i enjoy just getting to see everything and yeah kind of taking um, it all in reflect yeah like take it all earlier. in yeah yeah for sure reflecting and 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 ultimately sunday is kind of like the day that i you know so I, of course i'm still gonna look at my phone but it's like the day that i know that everyone's kind of resting and i don't have to answer a bunch of stuff and i just turn some music on and just kind of go mm-hmm. uh just turn turn the brain off type deal so yeah it's I've done a lot of those super long trips,
0: though. Yeah, yeah, I know. From times we've talked, to you just like, "Where are you at?" Oh, I'm in Texas. And you call back ten or five hours later, "Where are you at?" Oh, I'm in Mexico. Like you just nonstop, <laughs> just go, go, go. Um, yeah. So it's, I think it's crazy. Uh, I think last year, just to, I mean, just to give you a
1: reference, so like I I did a lot of a lot of driving last year. Um, I think I did right around like between like fifty six and fifty eight thousand miles on the okay. Turner last year yeah so i give you
0: a wrap so grinding yeah and i know i think i think it was i don't know it was a long time ago but i remember like they did an interview with i think with big b and he says usually a supercross series and maybe it's just a supercross series or maybe it was just a motocross series or maybe it was both but i think he said it's usually about 55,000 miles for a year and i, I think that was yep. for both series Yep, that's accurate yeah that's pretty nuts um a lot a lot of time and money for sure. Um, his next one would be, what's your favorite road race bike at Willow Springs? I don't really know much about that question. Have you been to Willow Springs? <laughs> uh, obviously, I met him before. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. I've actually, yeah, when I was at my previous employer. Okay. Um, I, got to, I got to go to a track track day type deal where they, they brought in um, a bunch of different brands, brought in, yeah, like street bikes. Okay. Uh, to, uh,
0: damn, Dale knows Springs. more about it than I do. I got to do my research.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, I've never done anything like that. I think I've ridden street bikes like maybe twice ever. And I was like, I'll never, I'll never own one of those things. They're way too fast. <laughs> so, um,
0: wait, was that the event but, uh, that, uh, Keanu Reeves showed up to?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That okay. was okay. the okay. one. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just there kind of working the event and then we had the opportunity at the end of the day to, to throw a bunch of gear on and take the demo bikes out and um i believe i ended up on the yeah i was on like a ducati okay. and uh willow springs which that's out here in southern california kind of like out in the desert and I, as far as i know it's like one of the faster courses um around uh i all i was told was you know hey yeah you should be doing about 200 200 down the front stretch or close to it and then like the the long right-hander before that yeah you you know if you're really good you'd be doing like 150 into it (laughs) and uh it took me probably 45 minutes of riding to get to the point where i got to that point and i've never been so scared in my life so um yeah nothing nothing like doing 150 miles an hour into some some like bank right-hand turns and yeah so I'm gonna have to say that Ducati so far has been my favorite. That's really <laughs> the only thing I've ridden.
0: Yeah, you're gonna stick to bicycles and dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm staying away from street bikes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe you. Uh, his last question would be: What is the best at at track boot cleaner? So uh, I yeah. would, I would say like probably I think if he's referring to like Mister Clean or Simple Green or what kind of yeah, your guys go to for for making the boots look as fresh as they do yeah
1: personally every weekend i use mr clean has like a febreze additive to it um i've used that like a really good uh, brush in a sense you know like a hand brush for you to kind of like scrub the thing down and then if you're you got white boots then yeah go to go to like uh the paint store or something get like red scotch break um -hmm. and use that to get all your scuffs off but for the most part yeah that's really all you need um people think they have to pressure wash their boots you don't you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. if anything, that, that makes the the lifespan of it go away quicker. You're better off just putting a little work into it with a hose and keeping, keeping everything nice and dry. Your boot will last a lot longer.
0: Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I need to get you one of these. One of our buddies, um, started a company called the off-road scrubby. I need to get you one of those. It works really good on white boots. I need to get you one. so right. I try it. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's all for J D. Like I said, if you if you guys haven't yet, please go check him out at JD Beach ninety five. Um he's he's a really cool like I say, he's been really cool about helping us out and uh being a part of this show. And also a huge shout out to our sponsors, uh Spot Network, uh Bell Ray, Works Connection, and Scott. Please check out all their products. They got a lot of cool things coming. Um, but Kenny in closing, what's uh what's what's twenty twenty two look like for you? You got you got the rest of the Supercross, you got outdoors. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to? Anything that's kind of like you, you're you know, on your bucket list this year?
1: Um, I think I have always have a few things on my bucket list that I'd love to do. Overall, obviously the focus is just doing what I do, enjoying my job, enjoying the life I get to live, and, and just really taking advantage of opportunities. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if I get to do some more riding this year, that's that's awesome um just more stuff with keeper like all those things and uh I think yeah in a, in a perfect world the biggest probably bucket list thing that I would still at least as far as racing goes on my list of like once before I like ever completely stopped riding would be um I'd love to show up at the last uh Fox Raceway National and just try to qualify okay that's uh that's something that I haven't like let go um out of my brain I still feel like I could do it feel like probably better now than I was years ago. So um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a huge bucket list thing. Um, But we'll see. I've I've talked about it with my boss, Austin Hoover. He's all for it. If I can make it all work. So if it works out, it works out. But outside of that though, man, I mean, overall I just want to try to continue to progress like myself, progress the brand um, really try to put a lot of effort into making New products and and just just trying to be better, you know. That's yeah, really totally. all. I, I, yeah. So.
0: No, I, I yeah, I love. That. That's kind of why uh, one of the biggest things like you and I get along so well is I feel like we're always looking for the next. We're never we're never content with what we have. We always want more and more. I mean, I'm cont- I got to work on my weight a little bit. That's something I'm kind of content with. I got to work on that. <laughs> but but as far as our careers, we're always looking to better ourselves and, and kind of do more and and find that that next thing to kind of I guess get our next fix. I would say, um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I know for us in 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 November, the little cafe, risque, a good cheeseburger is uh, is always <laughs> <laughs> always something to look forward to. I'm just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. But the Fox we Race enjoy
1: the uh, <laughs> we enjoy we we enjoy the, the patties. Oh my god, uh, favorite
2: guy.
0: I love it. Um, but yeah, no Fox Raceway would be sick. I'm I'm on board to get a uh, moto spot. Uh, sticker on that bad boy. Um, yeah, whatever you need, I'm all about it. Yeah. We got another guy too that's trying to do some outdoors this year. If anybody wants to throw some funding our way, we're looking uh, to get Connor Olson to do all 12. Um, you guys probably heard Connor on the show a few times. He's got a he's got a janky janky producing um, outdoor series going on over there, but we love him to death. He's recovering right now, so huge shout out to him. Hope he's healing up good. I know he's probably yelling at you to get him breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and and whining. Every day, but nah. We
1: love he's, him. He's so, he's so opposite of that. He, I know. He, I just like talking
0: shit. He, <laughs> yeah, he can't. He can't walk,
1: so he just decides to get one of those like uh, half crutches that you put your knee on that turns into a leg. And, oh yeah, yeah. You
2: know, this
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, the guy is like you know cleaning the house top to bottom, like taking the trash out, like with a bro You know, just got out of surgery, and the, and then also. You know, he's doing all these things and then I'll see him in the morning. I'm like, How you feel? He's like, Oh dude, I feel this this shit hurts. I'm sore. I'm Like, what well, <laughs> you you're you not really doing, rest just, there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty funny.
0: Uh so. and he's on love now too. Like I don't get to talk I need to call him. I, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, so I gotta check in with yeah. Make sure he's all good.
2: Um Give him a shout.
0: I will. But Kenny, that, uh you've done more than enough for uh for this show. I can't thank you enough for, for making the time. Um Anything else I can? You want to add? Anybody you want to thank? Any anything you? Any advice you want to give to somebody that's wanting to become uh, into the industry and, and get involved with with this crazy sport?
1: Hey, I mean, whether you want to get involved in the industry or you're just trying to you know get through life, just I, the thing I always try to push people is just to, to really pay attention to the things that like spark them um, and go after it, plain and simple. Even if something yeah. seems very unobtainable or super far away or it's gonna cost money whatever it is if it it sparks you and it's something you think about constantly that's like a passion that you need to put all your attention into I mean me personally that's that's how I've gotten to this point Um, just really follow those things and all those things you think about in your head and that happens for a reason so pay attention to it work your ass off Um, I have a motto I stand by which is earn your respect and uh, uh, that means a lot to me and I think now maybe people that are close to me understand that like why i portray that just because yeah i mean that's what it is you work you work your ass off you show how hard you want it and and you get it
0: yeah and that's i think that just goes full circle as far as you just said as a respect thing like it's people want to be around people that work hard and uh i think you portray that very very strongly and I'm excited to call you my friend, and I'm not trying to make this a blowfest, but um, but yeah, we've we got a good crew, you know, between everybody, and you have you know between your crew with Mora and T Hayes and Connor and Hoover, like everybody's been super cool, and um, I'm excited to see what the, all your guys' futures hold. You know, T Hayes made a big a big step coming from Maryland to to California to work with you, and again, that just shows how much he trusts you. Um, and for people that know Tyler's a new amateur amateur support, we're gonna try to get him on soon. But, yeah. um, it's one of those things where, yeah, like I said, a lot of people, I think want to surround themselves with, uh, with, with everybody that's, that's successful. Right. So I think, uh, was it Chris that told us that he's like, you know, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited for 2022. There's uh, big things coming.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: man. I, thanks for having me. Um, of course very very happy that you got this thing going to the level it is and I, it's really cool going from the first show where you had like one sponsor and now you're just listing off you got like a whole intro <laughs> <It's> <laughs> i know awesome I, stuff.
0: I got i still gotta do a lot of work but the cool thing is it's fun and it's uh it's one of those things where guys like all of, all you and connor and you know hoover and um scott i mean just everybody just Every, all my friends in the industry, it's just the support that I've received has been has been really awesome. And I'm excited to see kind of where this where this thing can go. So we'll see. We'll all see. Right. So, Kenny, that's a wrap. I will see you probably in DSX, I'm imagining. Um, so if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. And... For the listeners, please, if you have any questions that you guys want to ask Kenny, like shoot us a DM, um, let us know, because I guarantee you this won't be the last time we have Kenny on. Um, so please check us out. And then also check him out at It's K Day in the Life on Instagram. Um, yep. And then check us out at Motospot Show. Please go check out all of our sponsors, Bell Ray, Works Connection, Scott Goggles, Spot Network TV, and Achirbees. Please, please check those guys out. And, again, that's a wrap. Kenny, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Talk to you soon.
0: Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you.